0: Are you interested in simple steps to heal the root cause of your health issues, whether it's anxiety, depression, insomnia, weight gain, hormonal issues, digestive issues, or any difficult-to-treat condition? Welcome to Heal Your Body, Cure Your Mind, where you'll get most of the answers for your health concerns and benefit from the latest techniques in naturopathic medicine, functional medicine, and psychotherapy to heal your mind and body together. As a naturopathic doctor, psychotherapist, and best-selling author, I've also created a free ebook and online course for you at drameet.com, that's D-R-A-M-E-E-T.com, where you'll get tons of tips to heal your mind, your body, your emotions, your gut, your liver, inflammation, and other things that go wrong in your body. Without further ado, with lots of love to your beautiful heart, here's your podcast for this week.
1: I am thrilled to have this conversation with our next guest. Dr. Amit Agarwal has uh, become a close friend of mine in the past few few months, really, um, because we share so much similarity in, in how we think about the body and, and health and energy. Uh, Dr. Amit was voted one of the top 43 naturopathic doctors worldwide. He has helped thousands of people around the world heal from trauma, anxiety, depression, and chronic disease by combining naturopathic and functional medicine, somatic and gestalt psychotherapy, family constellations therapy, EMDR, and homeopathy. His free online course and books on dramit.com will help you get faster relief from burnout, anxiety, depression, chronic disease, and trauma by helping you heal your mind and your body together instead of separately dr amit thanks for joining me
0: pleasure jason good to be back on and i'm really excited to share homeopathy family constellations trauma emdr to help people shift their energy to release something more innate more unique where their spirit their their higher self wants to get to and release those blockages that are minimizing spirits work in in this world so Mm -hmm. thank you
1: I love that. Yeah. And it's one of the things I love about your work is that you, you combine a seemingly disparate set of, of therapies and tools in your work. So I'm curious, how did you, how did you become so diversified in your practice as a naturopath?
0: By mistake, I think. (laughs) (laughs) I studied naturopathic medicine, then ended up at uh, Gestalt Institute and learned Gestalt psychotherapy. And I realized the importance of healing childhood traumas, healing the past and also uh, really learning how we have such a narrative about our minds, about the world, about our beliefs and we hang on to certain truths and those truths really are created through life experiences and they have nothing to do with reality and they keep us away from contact, from soul contact, from heart contact with other people because we're ruminating in our own reality, most people are. Until you shed these layers um, and become really vulnerable and authentic and clear, then you can really meet the other person's heart and soul at a true healing energetic level, right? So I learned a bit of that in Gestalt. And then I stumbled upon family constellations therapy. And I was like, gosh, and I didn't even know what I was getting into. But just when I saw family constellations therapy, my whole soul started moving towards it. And that's really the therapy that changed my life completely. It really got to the root cause of really energetic imbalances uh, coming from our ancestral trauma as well as family trauma that um, create disease and uh, anxiety, depression, whatever, in a person. And we'll talk about that, how it works energetically, physiologically. We'll talk about epigenetics and stuff like that. Um, So whether it's divine guidance... Um, higher intention, you know, your soul purpose. I just ended up in these different facets. And then I really realized the importance of healing the energetic imprint. So using the psychotherapy and trauma release, as well as homeopathy, which will cover specific remedies to heal trauma today. Um, healing the energetic imprint that's vibrating and causing disease in a person, causing anxiety in a person, throwing the person off balance. Yeah. Um, when we release those energetic imprints the physiology of the person comes more into balance it rests a bit because our body's constantly fighting to fighting against these imprints right and almost adapting to these imprints in a diseased way to kind of show okay there's something wrong out there right and so yes you can take supplements yes you can take herbs but if your frequency doesn't change, if the root cause is not healed, the ancestral trauma is not dealt with, the childhood sexual abuse or the father being abusive to the mother, et cetera, is not healed, you might be popping supplements your whole life, right? To cope with this energetic impulse that's invading your, your soul, your your aura, your energetic layers.
1: Yeah, that's that's amazing. I love how you described that. And one of the things you mentioned um, that really grabbed me was that we, we don't really experience reality, right? We experience our version of reality. And it reminds me of a, of a, a quote that came, that I read um, in the Bhagavad Gita or, or through Ayurvedic um, um, wisdoms. And it says something like, we don't experience the world. We only experience our own nervous system, right? Which is a very interesting way to think about this, which is to say that the, the world is as it is. And yet, the only interaction we have is through our own system so we're, in other words we all are experiencing our own unique reality not as mm-hmm. it truly is but as we perceive it right and so i think this is a really fundamental thing that you're talking about here is that it's our own perceptions and especially as we're young ones in our mm-hmm. infancy and we're growing up and we don't have a way to deal with the world very um holistically or, or from an integrated perspective we start creating mm-hmm. all of these these associations, these imprints, right? And so it seems like what you're talking about in, in a sense, and I wouldn't say this is the whole thing, but it seems like we're holding on to energy. Energy gets stuck in our system because we're unable to process it, unable to recognize it for what it truly is, and rather we're seeing it through our own distorted perceptions. Do I, do I have that right?
0: Yeah. In a way, there's multiple layers to that. So in a way, when you're born, you're almost born clean. Like, you you look at a baby's eyes, it's like, wow, you know, it's like pure. That's, it's a bit exaggerated, but there's a purity to that. And um, now, as you begin experiencing things, um, there's energies that, um, that you feel, right? And then you see visually events happening So suddenly you start associating certain events with certain energetic imprints. And so that develops a kind of knowledge, yeah? Uh, And that turns into perception. And then as you make a sound, people respond. So then you start associating sound with action, right? And so then you start formulating your own expressions with results in the world. And over time, as you see cause and effect, it's like, you almost go into identity. You start creating identity,
1: and this is where the ego kind of comes online. This this the sense of ego of meanness. De- ego develops, yeah.
0: And we need ego in a way to survive in this world. It's not a bad thing, yeah. We 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 need that because we we as- we connect or we associate with living beings and moving objects and stuff, right? And that's our way of communication. Unfortunately, though, through media, society, governments, influences. Etc. and certain dark forces, um, we have been imbibed with certain knowledge, quote unquote, or reality or complicated or manipulated reality to believe that the world operates in a certain way. Our education system is full of it. You know, the universities are full of it. Even the way we look at the body is, is very mechanical and physical when it comes to medicine. And we, we swallow it as truth. Now, as you practice really looking at your beliefs, right? And realizing that what you're believing is coming from parents, from a suggestion from friends, from friend circles, you realize you're not your beliefs. Your beliefs are thoughts that are coming from influence. And there's a soul part of you that is receiving this and is is interpreting this, right? And through deeper work, you can suddenly start to feel your core essence minus the beliefs, who you are. And it's usually love and light. Yeah, And through love and light, then, and if you can practice staying in that in a sustained way, through love and light, then you can start touching people and connecting with people and feeling people energetically, who they are, minus the surface language that we're all using to operate in, in this sense of reality. Yeah. And now, how is this relevant to homeopathy, trauma, etc.? Right? So we experience certain events in our life yeah Um, whether it's abuse sexual abuse or a misunderstanding abandonment by a mother father etc when we experience these things we feel almost dissociated or disconnected from a family or we feel the sense of fear right coming up and these experiences get lodged in our nervous system And as we learn language, we begin to interpret it in words. And so now we we have these words that we interpret our experiences with and our memories with, so we're stuck in a narrative based on the language we've learned over time. And these narratives then reinforce our unhappiness, our self-esteem, the way we talk to ourselves, the way we think who we are, yeah? Because we've learned this language and we're using it upon our experiences. So it gets deeper, embedded deeper and deeper into our reality. So with soft love, compassion, embodiments, somatic therapies, um, we can slowly discharge some of these nervous system imprints and come back to an authentic, energetic feeling in our body. And when we get in touch with that, we realize the language that was going on that was supporting the imprints when you become aware of the language you were using and then you realize, gosh, this language is no more relevant because I'm getting a different sensation here going on. I can reinterpret the language or reuse language to readjust my reality. Right. And my vibration. And that's why therapy really good somatic Gestalt family constellations therapy can shift your energetic vibration. Yeah. Because depending on the language you're using upon yourself, you will, you will either collapse or, you know, um, get angry or be frustrated with people. But it's all the narrative that's affecting your vibration, your energetic body.
1: So talk to me about that. Yeah, yeah. So talk to me about that. What is gestalt? How, what's the, the modality? What's the essence of, of what, what it's trying to get to?
0: Wow, that's a big question. I cannot explain Gestalt in one session here. <laughs> um, gestalt is one form of psychotherapy, right? And they call it phenomenological. I can't even pronounce that word, but it's um, it's re- how I use it is becoming aware of sensations, of projections, of the narrative that's going on. And one technique I use is to exaggerate the narrative. So if I'm saying, "Oh, that guy's bad, that guy's bad," I'll say. It. I'll ask my client to say it more and more, right? Say that guy's bad, say that guy's bad. And suddenly when you exaggerate a narrative, you get in touch with the vulnerable part that began the narrative, yeah? Or you realize how false that narrative is. You realize it's not even connected to reality. You get in touch with a certain inner truth. And the moment you get in touch with that inner truth, I as a therapist can feel it. I sense it immediately and say, gosh, stay with now that feeling, yeah? That's your beautiful heart showing up. And then they make contact from that beautiful heart with me yeah, their vulnerability feels seen and acknowledged, they don't need to hang on to the narrative anymore, right? Um, because they've got that support, yeah, in that vulnerable place that they needed, that they weren't getting before. So they had to create a language and narrative and criticize people because it was a way of protecting the self. You yeah. use uses two chair work where I'll get people to sit on one side, talk to another chair, empty chair, be like, imagine it's their mother, and switch, be their mother, talk back to themselves. And through that alternate work, you begin to realize what you think your mother was saying was really created in your own mind. And it's like a projection, or what we call an interjection, something that you've swallowed from childhood to be the truth. But as you work on switching sides between the person who gave you that truth to swallow and who you are really, you begin to realize that that truth actually belongs to them and it's not yours
1: anymore. Mm-hmm. So you're using dialogue to really get to a deeper essence of, of the, the trauma or the wound or the belief or the thoughts that are guiding this, this perception um, in the current reality. Dialogue and also getting people
0: to stay with their feelings and sensations. So I'll often ask my clients to just stay with the feeling what's going on. Yeah. Um, Because we're quick to go into mind and explain things. I'll say, hang on a sec, just stay. Now what's happening to your breath? Notice that. And, you know, the moment you become, give attention to the breath, you suddenly feel a bit more vulnerable and in truth with your, your own body's experience. yeah, and that truth is more real than the narrative that we're hooked onto.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. And, and this is something I'm familiar with with the work that I do is really from an, a, a somatic perspective that there's so much that the body is holding on to and what i found interesting as i got into this work both from the receiving end and and as the practitioner is that these energies that are held in the body once they're once they start to move once they start to clear different Mm -hmm. perceptions immediately start to show up uh, different awareness different ideas different perspectives can can Mm -hmm. almost appear as if out of nowhere there's a deeper Mm -hmm. integrated reality starts showing up when when some of these things in the body start to move. And that was fascinating to me because the 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 method that you're discussing, that's more logical. Like I understand mm-hmm. that, right? Like the, this mm-hmm. form of psychotherapy to get into the body, that makes sense to me. The reverse was very surprising that the body can be used to change the perception or the get to the different uh realizations. Mm-hmm. And so so talk to me about that. How is it seems like there's like this bi-directional relationship that we can sort of utilize. We can come at it from both perspectives almost.
0: Mm -hmm. So I believe the body and the mind are one. You see, that's the narrative that goes on in the science world that they're separate. Right. And so now trauma is stored in the body. Right. And when your body gets a different experience through love, through touch, through therapy, good somatic therapy, that the experience is different, right? So let's say you're in a vulnerable place and like, you know, you're talking about a trauma, et cetera, and ask you, okay, stay with it. Where are you feeling that in your body? Okay, now go and feel something safe. You know, remember a safe scene in your life. Then you get familiar, you go back to safety. Then you come back to that charged feeling of trauma. Then you go back to safety. Suddenly your body gets an experience of a permission, a permission to say, oh, there's permission. I there's permission to let go of this charge for a moment, and this safety is available to me, right? So the vulnerable part that was stuck spinning in trauma suddenly has a sense of availability of safety.
1: And that seems to be a requirement, a very important requirement, is a sense of safety or security so that the trauma can move. Without that, it's always on defense.
0: Exactly exactly that, right? The sense of safety suddenly is an experience. It's a somatic physical feeling, At the same time, the moment you physiologically and somatically feel safety and calmness, you experience that also in your mind, in your awareness. And that awareness was holding the memory of trauma where you were stuck mentally now, right? right? And so when the awareness that's holding onto the memory also becomes aware of safety, an automatic dialogue happens between the charged mind and the the part that's aware or the same mind that begins to become aware of safety, right? And so that dialogue automatically softens the experience. I don't need to process this this memory so much because the processing happens because there was no answer, no solution, no sense of safety. So I got to hang on and continue processing, continue processing, I'm stuck there because no one gave me a hug Mm. or made me feel safe or pulled me out of the situation, right? And now through when the body experiences, because when you're stuck in trauma, also the body is going through certain sensations. And in good therapy, we take you back to those sensations briefly. And then we take you back to safety, right? So the moment I'm getting you to experience those charges and the mind goes into that memory, and then I come back into safety and the mind also goes back into safety, there's a bridge. Any traumatic memory that feels a bridge towards safety, Shifts and discharges.
1: So how does yeah. that impact us long term? Right, because we we we, you know, we hold on to these mm, traumas or wounds, emotional, mental mm. wounds, these perceptions, these beliefs, these thoughts mm. and ideas that are perhaps distorted, um, that we hold on to these things for years, decades, perhaps even a lifetime. So, so as we as you working with with your clients and you're you're processing and you're integrating some of these experiences. Is this something yeah. that shifts our, shifts their energy for good? Like these little pieces is it's a permanent thing or is something that you have to continuously, um, kind of work. All right. Okay. So first of all, this unhealed
0: trauma affects our nervous system, drives our adrenal glands wonky, right? So you go into adrenal exhaustion and that causes chronic fatigue, low immunity, Then you get a cortisol imbalance as well. And it affects your gut. So you get more leaky gut and more inflammation in your body. And so you go into disease. So unhealed trauma eh, goes into physical disease.
1: So, so uh, yeah, I want to pause there. Like, I mean, what you're saying, you're very familiar with this, so it's not surprising or interesting, perhaps, or maybe it is interesting, but, but it's not shocking. But I think for some that may be hearing this, this is pretty revolutionary. It was for me when I first recognized the, how deep this truth is, that, that these thoughts, perception, ideas, w- emotional wounds, Yeah, literally can create disease in the body. And so the things that we're talking about, diabetes and chronic fatigue and autoimmunity and cancers can have their origins at least in part, perhaps a large part in something like trauma.
0: Absolutely, I can even explain it physiologically if you want me to. Yeah, beautiful. Um, So when you're traumatized, you go into a stress response. That's the fight or flight response. You need to make adrenaline. Who makes adrenaline? Your adrenal glands if trauma is not healed, your nervous system is on guard constantly. So you're constantly stimulating your adrenal system, right? And this is the sympathetic and side of the nervous system, right? Sympathetic side. Yeah. And what happens is also your parasympathetic side gets shut down. And so your a- vagus nerve, this beautiful nerve that innervates your liver, your gut, your heart, your diaphragm, etc., that gets interrupted, right? And when it's interrupted, the organs that the vagus nerve supports also don't function optimally. So now you have Less liver function or less suboptimal liver function. Uh, Your vagus nerve is not releasing the right kind of cytokines into your gut. So, your good bacteria are not growing really well. Yeah. And the lining of your gut lining becomes weaker. Right. The cortisol imbalance also shuts down thyroid function, right, or thyroid conversion from T4 to T3. So, suddenly you don't have enough active T3 in your cells. So, all your cells are weaker. And when that happens in your gut, your gut lining becomes weaker, so you're more prone to leaky gut, right? And leaky gut then stimulates inflammation all over your body. Now, the inflammation also drives the adrenal glands to throw off cortisol. So you got the trauma and the inflammation throwing off cortisol, which leads to brain chemical imbalances. So you go into anxiety and depression and suicidal thoughts and OCD. Your liver becomes toxic from chronic inflammation. And then you get less bile flow. So you get more gas bloating, constipation. You get a hormonal imbalance leading to certain types of cancer. Yeah, You get more toxicity in the body, so more free radical damage. And also trauma shuts down your mitochondria and your ATP production. They've shown that. So now you're not detoxing well. Your ener- your, the cellular energy is not working as well. Yeah. So that leads to chronic disease, chronic fatigue, low immunity. Your cells are not detoxing well. They're not um, uh, getting rid of free radicals which damage your DNA, right? So the more you heal energetically and emotionally, right? And the more you heal with your family traumas and the more you use homeopathy to release these energetic imprints, your body starts to feel more vibrationally as well as emotionally resilient. And that brings back health. Your nervous system calms down, your adrenal glands pick up. You don't need to pop supplements as much as you were before. You don't need to fight fires as much.
1: I love that. Yeah, and there's a there's a concept um, in Ayurveda called ama, right? And ama is essentially this toxic, morbid substance that can build up in the body. And in mm-hmm. Ayurveda, they say that um, this ama can be built up from the physical substances we eat and we don't digest. The, you know, the, the physical component, and of course, will lead to ama, this toxic buildup in the gut mm-hmm. and then through the body. But also, mental and emotional processes can, if mm-hmm. if, if those aren't digested then they can Mm -hmm. lead to AMA buildup in the body. So what you're saying is essentially the same thing that Ayurveda says, which is that Mm -hmm. that all this stuff can lead to this sort of toxic, morbid, mm, uh, incoherent processes throughout the body, even down to the cellular level. um, But then it's this cycle, right? And then the cool thing is, is that our body is naturally, let's say designed, but it's naturally capable of its own healing and regeneration, right? So Mm -hmm. we just got to kind of, move out of the way and let it do its thing. But in order to do that, we've got to heal some of these things, right? So I guess my point is, is that once we get to these therapies that, that you use, mm-hmm. it's not like we have to do healing, right? The body will do the healing. We just kind of have to do the processing and right. allow these things to integrate and the body will naturally sort of come back to life to the best of its ability. Granted that as we get older, that that starts to wane, but but it has this natural capacity, right? So It seems to make the job easier. It definitely does. Because you remember, trauma
0: creates emotional blocks, right? And it stops us in our tracks. So we're we're not flowing, yeah? We're not, uh, our spirit is compensated. So we're not inspired. We're not living with inspiration in spirit, yeah? We're, We're closed, we're protected, we're guarded. So we're using our energetic resources, yeah? To protect ourselves against an imagined threat. And so that's so not real with the present moment, yeah? I understand some people are under constant threat. If you live in an abusive home, etc., it is relevant to the present moment. And I'm not saying that you have to just lose your mind and just be open and open to abuse, well, no. We, we,
1: right, we, we can't, right? There's actually fundamental aspects to us that, that won't let, let that happen, right? That, these are the, the, the ego parts that you're talking about is this, this defensive aspect, right? Which is really, really important.
0: Yeah, they're necessary. The thing is, when you come out of those situations, um, then it's time to release those traumas. And the other thing is, sometimes we don't realize why we're always attracting these situations, we're stuck Mm -hmm. in a horrible marriage, we're stuck with alcoholic partners, we're stuck with abusive partners. And usually, I find that's um, either bad luck, but most often it's due to family loyalty, right? And this is where family constellations therapy comes in, is so Suddenly, if my mom was with a drunk father, abusive father, I might grow up feeling that's almost normal. Some people feel that, or that's an association of like familiarity. And they really side with the mother, sad with the mother. And bizarrely, as they grow up, they they feel almost guilty or they feel they don't deserve better than their mother. It's a lot, it's very hard for some, some children to feel that they deserve more than their parents. Guilt comes up and then they sabotage their happiness. So out of loyalty to my mom's pain, I strange, the soul strangely gets attracted to the wrong kind of partner as well. It's almost like a, a, a contract with the mom, you know? I, I, I suffer with you so that I don't leave you alone. If I'm happy, it means I abandon you. And no child wants to do that. And so that's a delusion that happens from this blind loyalty that we do as children towards suffering parents, yeah? And go ahead. I was gonna
1: say, so this it, it all sounds interesting, okay? When I first discovered how much of this was in, in my system, in other words, it's so easy to become blind to this stuff when it's when it's our own, um, mm-hmm. and I say that because I've done some of this work with you and, and, and some others, and When we started to process some of these things, I thought, oh my gosh, like I I didn't even see it. I wasn't aware. It was like, it was in such a shadow place. I couldn't, and I've done a lot of work on a lot of different things. And, and so I guess my point is, is some of these things, you don't think maybe they pertain to you. And then Mm -hmm. you realize, oh, wow. Um, The cool thing is in the process is you, I think is the awareness of doing it out of love, out of care, out of genuine Um, heartfelt concern. Sometimes it's just it's also just distorted, to right? Yeah.
0: Also, the need to belong, Jason. Sorry to interrupt, but sometimes we needed to belong. And what does that mean? So it's like, okay, the way I can belong to this crazy system of my family is to do this. So I connect with my mother, right? So I don't leave her alone. That's my sense of belonging and staying connected to where we come from. Yeah, because the threat of not belonging is. Um, how do i say it's almost greater than self-love like we will die for our parents out of loyalty than then live
1: in other words it's it's a fundamental aspect of of being here is is having that connection right
0: yeah yeah Yeah. so so very sabotaging behaviors um out of love and loyalty and the need to belong
1: yeah. So talk to me about how you, that process of, of kind of bringing awareness to some of these relational dynamics and how that, how you heal that in, in process, you don't have to go into great detail, but I'm curious what that looks like.
0: So in a therapy session, the therapist will energetically feel through training. We understand typically what happens in family systems and how people take on people's energies. Right? So as a trained therapist, I, I feel into the field. We call it the knowing field. There's an energetic field that has a lot of information there. And if somebody has some anxiety, or let's just use anxiety, for example, or a disease or something, I'll say, okay, great. I'll have a representative of them. I'll use an object or I'll project it energetically in my mind. Then I'll say, okay, pick, um, just think about your mother and think about your father. Then suddenly when they think about their mother, they will feel energetically connected to their problem. Versus if they think about their father, it won't resonate as much. So we know we're on the mom's side, right? Then I know their family history. Maybe their mom's father, grandfather was in the war, right? And maybe he lost a limb or he lost a partner or or a soldier as well. And um, there was shock and trauma there. And bizarrely, this child, my client, is connected to that energetically at a soul level. And so I'll get them to maybe say, first of all, I'll ask them, it's a whole process. Each person's individual, but I'll give you an in-depth process for this particular example. I might get them to say, okay, imagine your mom looking at her father and saying, dear dad, I leave this with you. How does that feel in your body? I'm asking my client now. And suddenly when they imagine their mom leaving something with the mom's father, that trauma energetically, my client will suddenly feel relaxed. Because they were carrying it partly for their mother as well and partly for their grandfather, right? So in that relaxation, then we know there's, there's a truth of resonance there, right? And in that relaxance, that's where I'll hold the client and get them to notice their authentic self minus the entanglement with their mom and with the grandfather. And when the client gets aware of themselves and their own nervous system minus the entanglement, they they feel a certain strength, a truth who they are, and that's where their energy self, that self healing mechanism takes over. Then suddenly their energy picks up, their spirit awakens, and they feel less less obliged really to go into the entanglement again. Once the awareness sets in, mm, I love that. That's just one small example. I mean, there's thousands of examples where we have miscarriages, abortions in the family. Those play a huge role on somebody's happiness. Yeah, and sense of anxiety and overperformance. Because often when there's a miscarriage or abortion, we're overperforming to make up for the life of the missing child. Hmm. Um, and we're also overperforming sometimes to win back dad's love. Or he was his mind was busy or his soul was busy with his ex lover, right? So in a way, he was not even focused on the family. We feel that energetically. If your father's entangled with an ex lover you will have a sense of you're not connecting with dad. No matter what you do, you have to keep on trying and nothing you do is good enough. So, then suddenly you walk into this world, like I got it. Nothing is good enough. I'm not good enough. So I go into self-doubt. I live with self-doubt. I overdo things in my job. I always have to, I never feel that I'm ever, yeah, I'm never good enough in people's eyes. So I live as a small person and then maybe I never succeed. And so success um Depends on really the entanglement of your father with his ex- lover
1: or, or maybe Crazy. or maybe you turn into a perfectionist and a workaholic and you succeed heavily to overcompensate right so
0: exactly and you burn out yeah right
1: these are the funny things that I've learned with with some of these um, entanglements and traumas and wounds is that, they they can they can tip over into what we might deem negative behavior, quote unquote, as per society mm-hmm. standards, or they can mm-hmm. tip over into quote unquote positive behavior per society's typical standards, right? Mm-hmm. And this is success, it's money, it's um, power, it's all these things that we tend to value, and and mm-hmm. I find it, it interesting that, that it's it's just a manifestation of 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 wounds coupled with. Um, thoughts maybe yeah and, and their natural essence the natural uh characteristics and abilities right that's what's that's what's interesting too is that we all come in with some constitution some natural essence that mm-hmm. then gets applied so to speak to some of these these wounds and traumas
0: yeah it's basically it's it's thought forms that we develop based on continuous association with a single thought and the emotion that goes with the thought at that time yeah so I'm thinking this thought, and there's an emotional experience, then I continue thinking that thought. And then every time I have this emotion, that thought comes back. So then it becomes reality. Right. And then I identify with that. I identify with that emotional thought connection. And then it becomes a truth. And so every time I feel sad, it's like, okay, yeah, this person doesn't love me. Yeah. You know, or something like that. And so we come back to our original point in, in the conversation where we are literally living our experience and it has nothing to do with reality. Yeah, we're basically using thought forms to operate into this world and we see our way of things, and everyone has their own thought forms that are driving them. And many of us that leads to depression, disconnection, overperformance, et cetera. And we don't have room for opening our hearts and really loving each other and let me and that's not only right? our fault it's society's fault as well right it's um control like remember that there were a lot of hierarchies out there in the world there were a lot of like monarchs and um certain forces that really used religion and power to control the masses of population right and there was a lot of slavery like let's say even back in the time of egypt and so in a way they used ways like you know paying you a little bit um, so you continue working for for the bigger powers. So, and now we call that a salary, we call that success, right? But really, all, all that money is just filtering upwards to whoever's going to use it for whatever they want to do, right? So we're very we're we're confused actually. Yeah, we're not connected to what our soul and spirit really needs to do. But these times are changing. A lot of people are awakening up to the truth and the manipulations that are going on,
1: well, and, I, and finding they- out what really heals their spirit. Yeah, this seems to be a fundamental part. Is is the way forward? The way of waking up to those truths is by processing some of these things that are stuck in our system, by integrating Mm -hmm. some of these aspects of ourselves, so that we wake up to the reality of who I am. Um, And that seems to be, uh, again, even some of the religions, the ancient practices, the spiritual texts. they kind of come back to that core essence of figuring out mm-hmm. who am I, right? And that seems yeah. to be the work that is enabling this, this collective awakening that we're sort of uh, witnessing at this point. And I find it interesting, you know, as, you, as you're talking to me about these therapies and how it all works, what keeps coming up in my mind is that we're running past programs. We're, we're running programs based on the past. In other words, we're, we're, these things that we're experiencing today really mm-hmm. are are no different than, than something 20 years ago. In other words, the time Hmm. component seems to be almost irrelevant in our experience because we're literally running a program that was set in 1986, right? That's very interesting to think about. And so in in a sense, it's almost like I have to go and heal the 1986. It's like back to the future. I got to go back to that, that point in the past where, where things went awry. And then once I heal that, then I can get onto my, my natural, normal, Integrate Integrated,
0: authentic, healthy self. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I love homeopathy as well. So with trauma therapy, of course, we go and we take you back to your past. You know, some trauma therapies do that or to the sensation that's stuck in the past and through the awareness, through the embodiment, et cetera, we let go of that. Yeah. So the body stores stuff from way back then. Homeopathy has the power of healing the past as well. It's amazing, right? So clients will come to me with an ulcer, with skin issues, headaches, whatever, And I'll go back and say, when did it start? Ah, there was abuse, there was emotional abuse, there was abandonment with my mom um, or my brother molested me, something like that, yeah? And so instead of giving them a homeopathic remedy for their physical symptom, I will give them a homeopathic remedy for the trauma, the specific trauma. So it could be a homeopathic remedy for betrayal, for sexual abuse, there's different remedies. I cover those in my online course, but I'll mention some here, yeah? Um, Ignatia, for example, is that a remedy great for when you you feel betrayed let down maybe a breakup with a boyfriend or a girlfriend and there's a sense of grief lump in the throat etc right um natrum muriaticum is great when there's maybe there's a betrayal or a loss of a loved one and you withdraw maybe you get headaches um, maybe there's some resentment things like that or a metallicum is great where um, maybe there's a suicidal ideation um over over um, what do you call it, superstition, yeah, excessive praying, nothing wrong with praying, but it's like uh, you're obsessed with like, you're so scared of living that you're hooked onto this or you're very suicidal. We we just look at these characteristics. Yeah. I'm really not saying praying is a problem um, because prayer is really powerful and strong. I just want to give you an indication where Aura Metallica might be helpful to someone. Yeah. We take those symptoms into consideration. So, these homeopathic remedies can be used once you understand the, the essence of the trauma from the past. And when you give these remedies, the past vibration, yeah, because remember, it's all vibration that's stored somewhere in an auric field, that starts to shift and peel away. And when that starts to shift, the source energy, yeah, can spread. Yeah, that light from above, that source light, and the earth energy. Uh, can permeate more into our, into our energetic body, our auric body and the mental body as well, right? Uh, more fluidly. And when that happens, our senses wake up, our sense of authenticity and boundaries come um, more into light, more into our mind's eye. And then we get a better sense of who we are. We come out of compensation.
1: Mm, yeah, I love that. It, you know, it seems, seems a little bit, unreal that, um, that homeopathy, which people have a, some people have an issue with already can heal trauma. But when you realize that these trauma, these wounds, these beliefs, these projections, these ideas, they're held in the body mind. So in other words, the thing from 1986 is held here right now in Mm -hmm. my field, Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden it's like, we don't have to go back to 1986, so to speak. The 1986 Mm -hmm. is here with me. And we, can, we exactly. can heal that through through the, something like homeopathy. And so I, exactly. I, I love that. And it makes so much sense if we recognize that, that those things from the past are still here. And then there's there's no time difference. They're, they're held in the body, right? The body keeps the score is one of the, one of the great books right. that I've, I've, I've read and it's, it details this type of thing. Um, so- It's held you know. in the body
0: as well as in the field. You say it very, uh, very correctly here. Um, so there's a field around us. And those energetic imprints are stored in this field. Yeah. Um, and so that's why homeopathy works so well, because homeopathy is vibrational. It's an energetic medicine. So it affects this vibrational field around us, not only the body.
1: Yeah, I love that. And, and what I found, too, is that with some of these wounds or these traumas or things that are held in actually in the physical body, even, it's the mm-hmm. subtle the subtle seems to have a really, really profound effect. And this this comes in the form of toxins and metals and chemicals, as well as sort of the medicines and the therapies too. We, I think in, in the West, we've learned to discount the subtle. We've learned to um, really mm-hmm. favor... The gross, the the something that's super impactful and super strong, right? That's in fact, look at any supplement bottle. It's always about the strength and the numbers and <laughs> how many probiotics are in there, right? And and so and there's nothing wrong with that. There, there's that has its place too, right? Something that's yeah. super strong is valuable as well. But we've I think yeah. we've really discounted the subtle. I can't feel it. I can't notice it. It doesn't seem like that's possible to 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 this thing that I have is so big. How can something right. so small heal it? Right.
0: right? Yeah, because also remember, we're not in tune to the subtle energies, yeah? We're so inundated with with social media, with TV, with advertisements, with the pressure from jobs, with messages from the government, messages from the media, yeah? And society's collective consciousness, yeah? Collective um, behavior, mentality. And so we're entangled in there so much that we're kind of removed from sensing our body, And the importance of good therapy and mindfulness and meditation is really getting in touch with those subtle responses your body is doing to information, to thought, yeah? A certain thought might make you feel tense. You're like, okay, if something makes you feel tense, maybe it's not a healthy thought to have. Is there a different way of thinking without denying your own experience? You know, and so what I do sometimes I get clients to rephrase their sentences. So if they say, gosh, you know, I I really hate what my dad did. I can say, I felt really vulnerable and confused when my dad did that. Suddenly you take ownership of your experience. yeah, this, And you're not denying the experience. You're just saying it in a different way that frees up some energy. And that's why even words can be so healing. And your own language can heal you if you learn to use it in, in, a, in a lighter way rather than the same narrative you've been using to blame or to keep yourself a victim or to keep somebody the aggressor.
1: Mm, beautiful. Well, I think this is a, um, a good place to end where we talk about some of these things that we can do because you've, you do a lot of therapy. I think this is an integral piece to work with therapists and people that can help you get to some of these things, but what can people do on their own? Um, what are some things that, um, that, that we, might, we might do to be able to bring awareness so some of these things that you're talking about. And, and, and I, I'm going to throw out one that came to mind as you were speaking, which is, that, um, is to kind of turn off some of these overstimulated aspects of our of our environment. Mm-hmm. So um, literally creating a, an environment that is a little bit more calm, that, that allows us to tune in, to begin to mm-hmm. tune into the subtles. In other words, it's hard to t- tune into the subtle energy if I've got all this If I'm at a concert and it's super loud and there's people jumping everywhere, there's too much things going on I can't pay attention to. The, 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 whispers. And so that would yeah. be one recommendation I can, I can throw out there is to find opportunities for silence, for um, introspection. And this is perhaps different than, than the formal meditation on a pillow per se, even going for a walk in nature, just learning to uh, perhaps painting a picture, playing some music, uh, even in the shower, we can begin to tune in because we have enough. The monkey mind is kind of um, busy enough, but, but not yeah. overstimulated and we can hear these whispers.
0: Yeah, I would say, yeah. So meditation does come to mind. Um, Breathing techniques. Um, So sometimes when you're just doing long, deep breathing and noticing the tension that comes up and the narrative that's going on. I have a beautiful emotional healing exercise. It's it's a free video on my site as well that helps you stay connected to the uneasiness of certain emotions and feelings. What does that mean? i encourage people to say to themselves, you can watch the whole video there, but I'll just mention it briefly here. So those of you listening, just imagine thinking of a negative thought or feeling you're having, stress, anxiety, worry, and just say to yourself, it's safe for me to have these feelings from time to time. And really feel this permission to have these feelings from time to time. So that you give yourself permission to, accept them and let go or to experience them and not experience them so you're not struggling against your own feelings and then you can say it's safe for me to relax once in a while and just feel that once in a while permission so you're not forcing yourself to relax just the, the words once in a while from time to time are important suddenly you'll start getting in touch with these energetic shifts inside of you yeah, you'll, you'll, be, you'll sense it in your body, the letting go of the tension that you have against your own self feeling certain feelings. The problem with anxiety is that we resist and we fight against it sometimes, right? When we allow the full experience of it, the innate healing powers awaken in the body. So that's one exercise I always recommend to people to really get in touch with their feelings. Um, I don't know why intuitively I'm feeling altered nostril breathing. Um, it's, it's just coming to me through channeling right now. So alternate nostril breathing also called anulom vilom. You're basically putting one thumb here, you're holding your forehead here, and you're breathing in. Through one nostril, closing the nostril, breathing out. Breathing in. Breathing out. This exercise balances your brain and your nervous system. And I believe the more balanced your brain and nervous system is, the easier you are, the more able you will be to pick up on the subtle energies that are going on in your nervous system, right? Because we need to calm down the monkey mind, like you say, so that it can start listening.
1: Yeah, that's that
0: channel correctly. Good. Uh, Thank I'm, you.
1: I love that. Yeah, it's interesting because I'm actually in the midst of an Ayurveda cleanse right now called a Panchakarma. And this is one of those uh-huh. techniques that, um, that I use on a regular basis during this cleansing period and to balance the nervous system, to allow the body to cleanse and flush and, and clear. So I love that you brought mm-hmm. that in. Um, it's a fantastic practice. It's so easy, right? Just to do this alternate yeah. nostril breathing. And if you're still unsure of how to do it, just, just Google it or go on to YouTube and check it out. It's super, super easy, super powerful. Again, it's a super subtle breathing technique. Um, and so I, I love, I think this is one of the great things to do from, for most Western people is to practice the subtle Practice these mm-hmm. these subtle techniques and these subtle experiences because that'll help get get you in touch with these subtle techniques. We love to go for these big, huge breathing techniques like um, you know circular breathing that really starts to move the energy and the, the, the breath of fire. But but these subtle mm-hmm. ones are beautiful because it helps us to tune into the subtle. So I really love that you brought mm-hmm. that in, um, Doctor you know, Amit.
0: No problem. One last thing, I'm, I want to say that a lot of people are afraid of their own subtle of the subtle mm-hmm. because the subtle feels weak and vulnerable as if they're not doing enough. And that's where your narrative and your shoulds come in. So just trust Jason words and you know, really work with the subtle and you realize you'll become more and more powerful in your own subtleness, in your own vulnerability. And that's where true energetic power comes and the real healing begins. Mm.
1: Beautiful. That's a great message to end on. Dr. Amit, thank you so much. For anybody that's interested in, in Dr. Amit's work, go to dramit.com. He's got his books and his free courses there. So go check those out. Dr. Thanks so much for joining us.
0: A pleasure. Lots of love, everyone. God bless. Thanks for listening. Remember, you can go deeper in your healing with amazing remedies and therapies covered in your free online course and ebook on drameet.com. That's d-r-a-m-e-e-t.com. Lots of love and thank you. God bless.